0: Hello and welcome to the week in review. Uh, I'm D Wickett. Uh, Mr. Curzon is otherwise engaged. This just is such a familiar thing for me to say now. He's uh, I believe he's covering the Jubilee um, somewhere. I don't know. I I, I don't know what he's doing. He's just off doing Curzon stuff. Um, Either way, I'm joined as ever by our reliable Luke
1: Perry. How are you, sir? I'm very well, and what else is well? It, it's the weather. It's been it's been nice and sunny today. I've been out sitting in the garden having lunch there.
0: Oh, as if you is by the wildlife. It's been it's been quite cloudy and windy where I am. That's weird because we aren't that far apart. We're only about an hour or so apart.
1: Yeah, well, I'm sure that the sunshine will be over your way soon enough.
0: Uh, I hope so. I hope so. And also, there's no cursing to, to sort of tart at us for doing the weather report, so we we could just spend uh, the whole half hour doing this. <laughs> no one can stop us. <laughs>
1: Well, you give yourself a terrible idea let's get straight on with other matters
0: let's get on other matters and uh yes um it's been quite a slow news week um <clears throat> sort of all the all the emerging stories over the last month or so a few months have kind of just sort of faded into the background so um i think we, we think we'll we'll spend this week discussing um <clears throat> a uh, once in a decade occurrence which is the the jubilee um which is always a nice time um I've I've very fond memories of jubilees. This is this is the third that I've experienced, and uh, so in two thousand two I uh, got lost in London when I was six. Um, in two thousand twelve, I went to the uh, Thames Parade and it was pissing down the whole time, um, and now I'm sitting in my bedroom recording a podcast with you.
1: Yeah, well, um, I was too too young to remember the uh, two thousand two jubilee. Twenty twelve, I do remember sitting watching the Thames Parade. Because well, no one was sitting outside because of weather events, and um, yeah, to the, well, last night of course I watched the the, the BBC broadcast and uh, saw the um, the fireworks being uh, ignited in the town centre. Saw the um, the beacons of Tirith being lit, hmm. and uh, I move on to a podcast with you.
0: Yeah, it's it's as i was saying, it's a very it's a nice time because um, you know you and I are both. Um, quite nationalistic i suppose um is a sort of quite liberal way of putting it so it's nice to walk around and actually see um national symbology being displayed um because i i've been walking around around um my hometown for you know just you know i walk around every day and the normally the only time i see um flags is outside the the, the royal legion pub that's uh, sort of in between myself and the high street, uh, but th- in the last week or so, they've just been everywhere, and it's quite—it's really nice to see. Because um, one thing we were saying before the recording is that um, if you look at the last, I don't know, fifteen, twenty years, really, the only times we've seen any actual patriotic fervour has been either during, you know, a, an England run in a tournament or something to do with the royal family. Yeah.
1: And of course, the um, the opposite has has really shown that to be the case as well. I mean, outside of England bottling penalty shootouts and um, sort of royal engagements, such as of course that the the jubilees, the royal wedding ten years ago, or well, the royal wedding of it, Harry Harry and Meghan as well that's what's brought the country and that's what brought the flags out and of course mm. the, the only real flags you see around my area day-to-day are just the, the odd flag pole and on the the odd government building but if, likewise that, that they've been everywhere and it's not just been the flags just everything has been jubilee themed that the queen is in storefront windows the um, the special ju- jubilee cakes and jubilee tarts and mm. it's just everyone getting in on the action
0: yeah it's been nice i i I have a few friends from north america who are currently sort of traveling throughout the uk and they were and uh i got a message from one of them the other day saying you know i I didn't know that that you guys were so like out with the flag i was like we aren't we aren't normally it's just it's just it's just once every 10 years on on the two we uh we we, we just get into it um yeah no it's it's been a nice time and and um one other thing that kind of reminds me of this was was prince philip's funeral which um was almost about a year ago now right more or less, yeah. Um, and it 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 was, you know, the sort of um basking in tradition that will ultimately, I think, will will save this country and and keep it keep it going. Um, you know, a, a nation divorces traditions is one that doesn't last very long.
1: One that doesn't exist. Yeah, oh, yeah. We're talking about this uh, before we hit hit the record button. Uh, I'm convinced that the monarchy will um will outlive all of us, perhaps last forever. And the sole reason is because many hundreds of years ago, it survived the republic. It mm. survived its its own decapitation yeah. Yeah. and yeah. dismissal, uh, only to return twelve years later because we realised how much of a mistake a republic is. Yeah, uh, and uh, so uh, it's okay. It survived countless wars. Not, no, so not,
0: not to be pedantic here, but eleven years.
1: Yeah, eleven years.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, sixteen, but even then, I mean, because um, one thing we were talking about before was um, how not only is it desirable, but also inevitable. Um, yeah, you know, w- 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 when the when the parliamentarians ousted the ousted the, the, the monarchists and you know cut off the king's head, um, Cromwell became a king in all but name. You know, yeah. he ruled like a king. He was drastically more tyrannical than a king, and his son succeeded him, albeit briefly.
1: Mm. And we can look at just to to modern day regimes to figure out that that is the case. I mean, look at North Korea, which perhaps a shining example of this started as a communist revolution, which in theory, quote unquote, is very anti-monarchical, very anti-nationalist. And it's now got a a hereditary male monarch Hmm. and has had since the reign of Kim Il-sung. I mean, even in places
0: like America and France, the the president yeah. is essentially a king. Well, you know, America
1: cl- has its own political dynasties. You've hmm. got the the Clintons and the Bushes, and I, I'm sure Obama's children will one day go into politics hmm. as well.
0: I mean, uh, America has a bloody Praetorian Guard in in the security yeah. services. Um, and one one argument that um, came up in the in in a past recording with me and Michael was, um, it's quite funny when you when you hear a lot of the sort of half-baked arguments um against the monarchy saying you know oh they live in this opulent palace while there's poverty well have you seen the white house or you know any presidential palace around the world they're they're, they're just as big as not bigger they're enormous
1: yeah. yeah again it's okay that's the natural state of the world you're always going to have the, uh, the, the the so-called wealthy and the connected and the powerful and the strong arms always in charge so would you rather have this this leader steeped in tradition and uh, sacrifice and service of the country or would you just rather have a republican president who um, doesn't isn't really steeped in tradition isn't really steeped in cultural love for their homeland mm. it's just got into a career of politics because of the, the corruption mm. and of course we have tried that experiment throughout much of continental europe and it's proven to be an absolute failure mm. and of course the, these republicans have just basically not preserved the state but looted it mm. let it dry you look at cases where there isn't hereditary line so there's no incentive to preserve the state look at stateships like belarus venezuela russia it's the the oligarchs on top just completely rinse it dry so there's nothing left to preserve for future generations the 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 royal family of this country has never let that happen because it has a future and it's entwined with the health of the nation
0: yeah and like a vested interest is inevitable but again you know with with a monarch the national well-being is in the best of interest because it's their land right um so same argument for you know sort of uh noblesse oblige and, and 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 sort of aristocracy um compare that to someone's interest in their own legacy and take america for instance where you have an eight-year term maximum right you're either there for four or eight years unless you you know die in office um you almost don't want there to be long-lasting success because you're your your rival can take credit for it.
1: And should problems arise, which they inevitably do in the world, we don't live in a utopia, you can just pass a problem to someone else. Mm. So a, a president of France of, of Spain or of the US or even a prime minister of, of this country can just create a problem or at least set it in motion. Mm. But they wouldn't worry about it. 10, 20 years down the line, it'll be someone else's problem. Mm. And they know that they've looted enough of the state to uh, keep themselves satisfied.
0: Mm. And on the honest point, I'd like to draw uh, yours and the listeners' attention to um, a, a really good tweet by uh, by Philip Blonde, um, which is, uh, and I'll, I'll read it verbatim, which is um, uh, Monarchy is an eliminable fact of all human authority. It is perennial and permanent feature. The, uh, republics simply elect kings and reduce monarchy to partisan politics. The glory of monarchy is a universal concern for the common good beyond ideology and fracture which i think just sums up perfectly um you either have a sort of you either have a a an ephemeral king who is only thinking about the next four to eight years and their legacy or you have someone who you know who um can trace their position in society back in in our case almost two thousand years and that means something
1: yeah And of course, they're looking to the future as well. Hence, why um, there's no none of these short-term initiatives. Like when um, countries are absolute monarchies, like when this country was an absolute monarchy, the uh, the crown expenditure never went into a deficit, or if it was, it was through like you you know, uh, uh, well, costly wars and and of the like. But the debt clock was not like it is today in the trillions. Because even Henry, even though he uh, very spent lavishly on, on banquets, jousting, and wars with France and v- very noble efforts, he never once got himself into a position where the future of the realm could be at stake.
0: Hmm. 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 I think, um, it, it remains to be seen what will happen after Elizabeth because I mean, obviously, the woman's now in her 90s, right? Um, Six. yeah, she. This is her last jubilee, right? She she will not see another one. She she will not live to one hundred and six. Um, if anything, her life's, her, life's, her life's probably been shortened somewhat by losing her husband, her her, her sort of rock. Um, do you do you worry at all what would happen afterwards? Because it was one one thing I I, I think may happen is after um, after after the Elizabeth passes and and Charles ascends to the throne, I I do believe there will be a a, a, a a resurgent push to abolish the monarchy.
1: I think there will be this resurgent push, but I think it will be temporary. I don't think the monarchy's popularity will will decline with um, the, the eventual near-demise of uh, Elizabeth II. But, but I do think now that the sort of groundwork is being put in place for the monarchy's future. So uh, that's why you see well, by necessity, the Prince of Wales and Duke of Cambridge are taking up more responsibilities. I mean, it, it we'll probably uh, like see Charles... Well, Charles is probably now regent in all but name. Hmm. He's taken over these very important duties. He'll probably go, go to the Highland Games next year, should um, his mother still would be alive. Hmm. But, uh, I mean, the, 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 the Republicans in this country, I mean, we talked about the, the political unity of this country, as shown in the jubilee, this would be across both left and right. Republicans have always been a small minority yeah. and the only reason why you probably get your labor politicians saying oh we'll have a referendum on the monarchy and i'll vote against that's just to pander to the student vote mm. it will never pass yeah and it'll that, be I... there'll be heightened resistance but it will be futile and it'll yeah
0: be yeah i think that shows in just the crowds just the general atmosphere over the last couple of days i mean you get the odd you know sort of midwit instagram story about you know abolish the monarchy and feed the poor, which are not mutually exclusive aims. Um, in fact, it's going to be harder
1: to do in a republic. <laughs>
0: yeah, probably. Um, and also, you know, there's, there's a lot of sort of uh, bizarre narratives around how the monarchy is funded. This idea that they're, sort, they're somehow like benefit scroungers, which is, you know, um, if you actually look at the, 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 the cash flow of the monarchy, you, you realize that it's actually it's the most tax institution on the planet. Uh, mm. are, are around 90 percent um
1: but and it yeah. also goes back to the argument of um of, of just a republic in, in the republic well in any advanced capitalist society is going to have these these oligarchs who avoid paying tax altogether mm. so yeah it's just a non-argument from them it's just them closing in on the goalposts.
0: yeah 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 i mean and, and that's things like i i don't really take these people very seriously um i think if i if if I know that someone holds what is, you know, the defining institution of this country in such contempt, then I just immediately assume that anything that they can say about the UK is said in bad faith and with contempt for its, you know, national DNA. So I don't need to listen.
1: It's like, uh, th- these people would, if Prince Andrew is convicted, sort of celebrate as if this was what they were hoping for, not mm. not the, not the, the horrendous tr- tragedy and. The horrible crime it is
0: yeah grant granted i th- i i think he shouldn't i think he should be out them, <laughs> out um i think he should be tried yes yeah yeah absolutely i mean the, the, if, if you know if, if the guy's a, an active child molester then yeah g- get him out I mean, and, and that's another thing is you know is that there are there are questions to be asked of of charles as well i mean charles does have some quite worrying associations um which which brings us into an article written in Bournemouth quite recently by uh, Mr Alexander Adams who's one of our um more treasured uh, columnists um titled against the winds of and it, it it provokes some debate uh, both publicly and also in my in my dms um and i i i, I, th- I think it's a worthwhile thing to 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 discuss because um it it, it it treads the line quite well between being skeptical of the current dynasty and being against the institution as a whole. Um, as, as we've already established, we both believe that monarchy is not only inevitable, but also desirable. Um, but also there is, you know, there is a precedent in this country's history of dynasties who um, fail to act in the national interest being, you know, replaced you know, there have been entire civil wars fought over this. This is what you know, the Wars of the Roses was, to, the, the Civil War to, to, to extent, or the Glorious Revolution.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, as, as, as we've established it, it's the, the natural state of the world, and I think Alexander Adams sort of hits an L on the head perfectly. Now, his um reason for not f- fully celebrating the uh, the Jubilee is uh, that it's, it's more the wrong system, and that uh, the... the uh, the sort of the, the wrong sort of politics and society in place that has sort of led down to well a, a decline of the UK as, as we established that before we hit record the um the monarchy had been completely neutered for uh, for, for generations if not centuries before but, yeah the, the
0: the better part of about three hundred years if you look at yes the, I mean um...
1: since the Glorious Revolution where um, yeah. Parliament put the precedent saying that we will a- approve the monarch's tenure. Mm. And then that, that of course, it seeps through to, the, you know, of course, the ever-burgeoning electorate and uh, full-on democracy. Yeah, but uh, I do think that if, um, say, in, in in some pipe dream, if monarchy was suddenly to turn back into an absolutist one and a country, I think um, all the uh, in all the power is focused on that. There's just sort of nowhere to hide in that regard. In a the democratic so-called pluralist society or in effect an elitist society, power is, is shrouded and, and tyranny can, as we have discovered can spark from anywhere. And of course it's difficult to hold people responsible given how power is fractured. I mean is it the you know, the Scottish Parliament's fault, the House of Commons, that the local councils, or uh, simple personal responsibility. And uh, uh but I think though that those questions are may not may not arrive again or certainly won't be with us for generations to come. But Let's so say regarding the the current set of windows, I think the, the best thing that, that they could just ensure their survival, is just to, to just to wait it out. They have survived far worse than this, as you said: civil wars, attempted invasions, conquests,
0: plagues, plagues, world COVID, yeah. world, wars, uh, yeah. world wars, yeah, everything.
1: Yeah, that, that'll be
0: fine. Yeah, that'll be fine. Um, that'll be fine. Yeah, it's it's um, I th- yeah again. Um, it's something that you can't really lay at the saxe coburg family's feet because, again, you know, parliamentary supremacy is a what, 330-year-old tradition.
1: Yeah, no, and, no, Alexander Adams he recites the uh, the vows made at uh, Elizabeth II's coronation, and uh, I mean, this after well, the regime has sort of had its grips on the country she say I, I vow to preserve the the religion of this country well that, that was never in her power to begin with hmm.
0: Hmm. yeah and it's almost like uh it's 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 quite a funny one because i think because while again while while you and i are kind of happy with the monarchy um if anything our, our critique is that it, it's sort of it's it's too restrained you know yeah and again that's not me saying that you know it's it's viable to reestablish an absolute monarchy but i you know um i think it can be more than just a figurehead like yeah. um i remember one thing i was talking about on, on, a, on a ocp podcast years ago was um the idea of basically the the, the monarchy basically essentially adopting responsibility for like aesthetic and cultural continuity It essentially, you know, running like like a parallel, like national trust or almost. Yeah. It being responsible for maintaining tradition and artwork and culture and literature and architecture and that sort of thing. And and that's something that actually gives me some hope for uh, Charles's reign, because one of his pet projects is architecture. Um, Mm. Not only is he uh, a massive proponent of classical style, he's also a fierce critic of modernism. Yeah. he 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 really can't stand it. He, if you were to listen to one of his speeches about buildings, he'd sound like me.
1: Wow, that does sound like good news. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's um he's the 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 benefactor of Poundbury, which is sort of a a model town built in like a sort of traditionalist style. Um, I think yeah, you know, I think I think Charles's reign, like like Elizabeth, will will be a mixed bag because you know while um I think she's been a very admirable public servant, she also has you know admittedly overseen unprecedented period of national decline. Mm-hmm. While granted, being Powerless to stop it due to a precedent that was set, you know, centuries before she was born.
1: Yeah, well, it wouldn't even be set in her direct line. Yeah, <laughs> because of course, well they, well, they all connect to William the Conqueror, it's I think well, William and Mary of Orange didn't have any children, so the crown went to her sister, sister died mm-hmm. without any heirs, and it went to the um Jordans, I think. Mm-hmm. in the end they had no direct lines and then uh, uh, of course uh, that's that's the length this country goes to to get to get monarchies we delve deep into to family trees if there were no, no direct heirs and place this well must be this huge burden on someone i know uh, well elizabeth's father never never was born to be king and never i don't mm. think in the end wanted to be king it was throughout mm. duty was thrown upon him but they've all taken it and it very faithfully. We should hmm. be very proud of the, well, the sacrifice in the end.
0: Yeah, I mean, bear yeah. mind, Elizabeth was, was my age now when she became monarch. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of insane, really. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what I'd do if I was if I was made king right now.
1: The power would be too constrained, of course. Hmm, hmm,
0: hmm. <laughs> One thing also I think is, is quite interesting to, to 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 look at is um it was, was today's um, so we recorded this on on the Friday, it was today's event at St Paul's Cathedral. Um, you know, crowds gathered and various dignitaries and members of the family arrived. And um, what was quite telling was that um, there were boobs from the crowd for not only uh, Prime Minister Boris Johnson but also for um, Harry and Meghan um but let's let's start with the with, with the prime minister and and um sort of uh sort of just bask in the glory of this man who's just done so much inexcusable things in the last couple of years just getting booed in public on you know what, what it isn't even really about him
1: yeah i mean it's i don't think it, it's the most uh uplifting sight to see, despite Boris Johnson's character and policies and the eventual legacy he will leave. And uh, I, th- I think Meghan was just walking into the lion's den, really, g- given how, I uh, don't think there's going to be many Republicans in that crowd outside support's support and she, with her uh, Hollywood antics, have done perhaps more to damage the monarchy than Prince Andrew. Hmm. So I think two uh, so People kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time. It would probably the booing wouldn't have probably happened ten years ago. Then it just wouldn't have booed the, the prime minister out of respect. But we must remember we're still somewhat fractured society, especially politically.
0: Hmm.
1: Hmm. So, you know, yeah. Meghan became a force in the, the cultural as well, and she tried to amass the armies of Silicon Valley and Hollywood uh, against not just the royal family but yeah. England proper against the tabloid press against the people
0: yeah and and yeah and that's that's the thing is that um although she was at best a b-lister um she does represent that kind of you know that new regime sort of you know american entertainment aristocracy and um the one the one thing about new regimes they, they, they 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 as a mechanism to survive they must destroy the old regime um the old regime does include you know the monarchy the church um that sort of thing, um, and yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to dwell too much on her because I, I, I used to have a, a no Meghan Markle policy on, on OCP just because I, I just couldn't be bothered with it. But I mean, she when she gave the interview and tacitly accused a family of being racist, she knew exactly what she was doing. You know, um, she knew that in in this culture, accusation alone is enough to wreak havoc. Um, and she was directing, you know, the, the American regime onto the, the the British monarchy with full intent of, you know, undermining it and subverting it. Um, because her, her her first plan to do that from the inside didn't work out because, you know, she was not allowed to completely disregard a royal protocol.
1: Yeah. Well, she thought, she'd thought, because she's married into the royal family, she thought she'd be, you know, Cinderella. And all that. But no, life is a... It is far different than some fairy tale.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and the difference between her and Kate is Kate shows respect. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's it. That's the difference. So, country loves one and not the
0: other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's. Uh, I think the, the thing about monarchy that is, I think, is why it works and so, it's so stable is because it is apolitical. You know, it's it's apolitical authority. Right. You know, obviously authority is inevitable, but politics isn't and it shouldn't be. Um, so with the monarchy, you have you have an, an individual who isn't bound to a party manifesto or a set of ideologies or, or a wing of the political spectrum. Uh, and that's kind of what's kept the monarchy as, you know, the, 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 the a source of national unity, that it does transcend political barriers. When you go into a family like that and then try and sort of use it as a platform to, you know, uh, spew out progressivism from a, a larger base than you were initially given as someone who you know wasn't particularly successful actor, yeah, I mean, it, it's not going to end well for you, and it, and it shouldn't have.
1: No, I think well, I think that Megan should sort of got what she deserves. I mean, she, the the the, uh, the Sussex tried to have their cake and eat it. They, they had to disregard all um, sort of royal authority and patronage and tasks and duties, but they wanted to keep the to keep the security and use the, the royal name when they signed their Netflix deal or Spotify deal or whoever doesn't matter. Spotify, oh yeah, yeah, and, and that's what I think the, the American in Megan saw. It was just a big marketing ploy.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, cause, you know, uh, America is you know, it's 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 a uh, it's, it's an adolescent country. It, it doesn't have the same... Um,
1: country without history.
0: Yeah, it doesn't have the same traditional tapestry as, you know, like early American history is like late British history. Yeah, it's like early modern British
1: history. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like it, it, we have a textbook in school and it would say early modern and the early modern would start at about 1750. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was, I was on a school trip to the US about six years ago now went into the basement of the, the U.S. Capitol building. It's got all these uh, statues of various U.S. presidents and figurines. And he showed us the statue of Abraham Lincoln sort of standing upright with his arm extended outwards. And uh, now, now be careful on the statues here. It's, it's very old. And my uh, history teacher just butts right in with a joke. And he asks us, uh, how old? And he says, well, this statue here, it's, uh, it's about 60 years old. I all burst out laughing. All oh, that old. I have held <laughs> I sat a Saturday school desk older than that. <laughs> yeah, I have held
0: a sword that was used in the Battle of Cracy.
1: <laughs> that's. I mean, well, round our area, of course, the Romans settled it extensively. There's, there's a bunch of the you can see markings in the stone mm, made right. by the Romans. I was, well, I used to drive, drive to work down a, a long straight road. They were on nine eight. It's just, it's just a Roman road yeah
0: like when I, when I was a,
1: ruins aside.
0: when I when I was a kid a Heptarchal king of Essex was found on like the main road near my house right mm. like that's what seventh sixth
1: century yeah yeah certainly older than America
0: yeah yeah and, and it, so it doesn't surprise me that that you know the, that what what we hold there is so alien to them but also um it isn't two thousand five anymore. We don't need to impress the Americans anymore. You know, America's America's gone. Um, it's done.
1: America is the source of all this tragedy.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I think that's something. I think that's something that's happened to all of us in the last couple of years, where you know we've sort of realized how um, deceitful the idea of a special relationship is, and that it's just that it's just post-war vassalage.
1: Yeah. It it's literally the uh, a couple of photos of uh Winston Churchill shaking hands with Roosevelt and a couple of photos of Maggie Thatcher dancing with Reagan. That's yeah. it, that's what all the relationship was. They didn't back us in the Falklands. They invaded uh, they, one They, 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 they continue like... to back us, they continue to back the Republicans. Well, well they continue to back the Irish mm. against the um, They invaded
0: the they invaded a member of the Commonwealth.
1: Yeah. Granada, yeah. I mean yeah, <laughs> Well, they invaded Canada in 1815, which part of the British Empire, yeah
0: right yeah, we, mean,
1: we, yeah. we sailed up the Potomac and torched their White House, which is why it's called the White House. They may call it a stalemate, but if, if if you capture the flag, or if you torch your head of these capitals to the ground, you've you've won. I like think that,
0: yeah, if you, if you start a war and don't win, you lose. Yeah, and uh, actually, um, I think we'll leave on this because we're hitting time. But there's quite a funny story from that, from the siege of, of DC, where um, uh, the, the the British soldiers spared five buildings: one because it, it was a patent office, and they didn't want to infringe on private property, and four because they liked the architecture.
1: Oh wow! Probably think of what those four buildings are. There's not nothing that nice in DC. No, no 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 but uh anyway
0: um do you have any uh any any uh final thoughts on uh
1: on the jubilee and, and on, the, on the monarchy uh well in, in the queen's world go out and create happy memories but make sure they remain memories don't drink too much please
0: <laughs> there we go that's good nice no, leave it on all right i think we'll leave it there um thank you uh luke for joining us um thank you for listening and we'll see you again next week cheers